0: Bringing to you the stories that have never been told, the news that has yet to unfold, and the voices you have not heard. This is the Caribbean Cannabis Channel, where we meditate and educate on all things ganja within the Caribbean region, with your host, Prophet Nati.
1: Okay, my people, welcome back to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Now, this episode that we have today is actually something that we have been been holding we have been holding and we've been planning this and we have this link up was due a long time quite some time yeah we actually had a link up before but uh, you know we're back again Um, both of us doing our things and i'm here with the one and only carry come done mm-hmm. my brother from from barbados who is you know outside pushing for community development for social development not just in his community locally but for barbados on so the whole and spreading it to the further region so Don, Tell me how you feeling. I'm feeling great, man. Good to link up again. I know we talked a couple months ago, but pleasure yeah, to be man, back it's here again. Definitely a vibe. Today. It's definitely a vibe. So you know, it's, it's a regional podcast. We're in different parts of the region currently. I'm in Turks and Caicos. Um, which part you you are based in right now? Currently, I'm in New York City, just seeing some friends and family, doing some networking. But for the most part, I'm right there in Bim Barbados all the time. Nice, nice. So. From what I understand in Barbados right now, you have your own your own movement. I I don't want to say it's a political movement, although I'm sure it has political side to it. However, it's, it's really a social social movement. It's really a movement of progressive thought and progressive action. Um, starting from from the ground up. I see you do a lot of community work. Yeah. Um, like where where that really that inspiration um came from, and where did you actually start start with that? Yeah, I
0: mean, um, as you said, it's not a political movement by any stretch of the imagination. It's just good vibes, positivity all around. And the goal is to empower the youth, empower all people, and basically be a voice for those who are being underrepresented and underheard right now. I just feel it's very important to you know, beat the change you wanted to see in the world, and I don't think enough young people in Barbados are voicing their concerns on issues that we're facing. Obviously, Barbados is going through the rampant inflation that everywhere else in the world is going through, so I just think that everybody needs to hold themselves, um, the government, and each other accountable. And I just think that this is the best way to do it. I think that, as you said, grassroots community organizations are the best way to really make uh active change in the community.
1: And I, I just thought it was the best thing to do. Agreed, agreed. You definitely need to start from a grass- grassroots perspective because at the end of the day, the grassroots is who really drives the economy. No matter how much persons talk about the suits and the politicians, etc., it's really the persons on the ground actually are uh, moving. But you're one of the, the youngest social movement leaders in, in Barbados at this time, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time when persons hear about persons who are leading their movements, it usually starts because they wanted to fix something. I know that you you, you would have mentioned about you know, um, the community development, but what, what was the real catalyst? Was it that you were seeing your leaders not um, necessarily stepping up to the plate or addressing issues that, you and your peers and others like you have been talking about like what really drove drove that well i just think that the world over me it's time for
0: the youth ourselves people in our age group 30 years and under um 62 percent of the world's population is in fact 30 years and under so why aren't we Uh being represented in the decision making spheres around the world why aren't we holding positions of power and authority and i just feel that um yeah just being the change that i wanted to see in the world i've always had a burning desire to help give back to my community i've been doing it a long time before politics or anything um been helping people with startup capital for businesses i've been doing giveaways and give backs in dover and silver sands and all across barbados far before politics and anything so it's just something that i as a person that's just the way i was raised that um, whenever I can help out just help out as much as you can and just be an inspiration for those around you just motivate other people to do the same thing because when people see someone a lot of people might be like yes um, I'm very passionate about doing good work good public service helping out the community but they're not really seeing any avenues to do it they're not really seeing anybody else doing it they're just really not too sure how to start going about it so basically for me it was just Um, On my national springboard, I would say, it did obviously start when I uh, ran in the election this year. So I had ran in Barbados' most recent general election, which was in January 2022. And I mean, for my whole life, I've never really shied away from criticizing, criticizing, whether it be this administration or a previous administration. And since, like, primary school days, uh, my teachers were telling me, like, you're real good at advocacy, you're really good at public speaking, that should be something... That you should really go into so um in terms of the politics per se i mean i would say the biggest driving force would have to be that i want to empower people in my community and then the surrounding communities and by and large the entire island and so as i said i've been you know giving away food i've been giving away um, money to business owners who want to start up businesses for quite some time now a couple of years I give even given some money to University of the West Indies to start a scholarship program, all these things. So in um, that grassroots community activism aspect of it, um, this isn't the first time this year isn't the first time I've been doing it. So I just wanted to take my talents to the to the national level, I would say. Uh, If Barbados was to have an elected a 25-year-old parliamentarian, (laughs) I thought that I was one of the better choices. You know, I have more academic qualifications, credentials, work experience than some of the parliamentarians in power right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a professional career and a charitable persona outside of politics, meaning I didn't really need politics to create the change in society like, like some of the parliamentarians in Barbados do right now. Moreover, Barbados is essentially a dictatorship. It's a parliamentary dictatorship. And I really believe in democracy at the end of the day. Since 2018, one political party in Barbados has had all of the seats in Barbados. So that is considering it a parliamentary dictatorship. So when we think about dictators like Russia, we think about dictators like North Korea and China with their supreme leaders, are we really any different? We only have one ideology in the parliament right now, we only have one school of thought, one political party, and because of COVID and the state of emergency directives that were implemented, Um, that give the prime minister absolute power in certain circumstances. We really do have a supreme leader, just like Russia, North Korea, and China. So I just thought that it was imperative at this point in time, since it's been going on for the last four years, for somebody to speak out about it. And nobody else really in the country speaks out about it enough, in my opinion.
1: So I just thought I had to go ahead and do it. Uh, That's an interesting perspective, though, because at least in the last couple of years, the your, your prime minister has been the it she has been the it or the face of, of regional um politics etc she has um but it, it it's it's a perspective that is, is is fair and it is, is needed because at the end of the day coming up you are we are always seeing certain parties always in power etc and if somebody's always in power as you rightfully said for for a lengthy period of time it comes across as as a dictatorship. And that leads me into the empowerment and not just empowerment from on a political side, but we are body we are on the Caribbean cannabis channel. And similar to you, what, what I try to do through this channel, through this um, platform, is empower persons to actually speak about cannabis use and how cannabis has affected their lives or benefited their lives, which it has done for a number um a number of us. And in the region right now, there there's the green rush happening, and I see where cannabis can be used as that tool for empowerment barbados actually started into the process of opening up an industry um so like in terms of what you have experienced or the discussions that you have heard on the ground how persons are affected both from corporate if you have those connections and from the grassroots side like what's happening in barbados currently in terms of cannabis and and the cannabis movement Yeah, so I mean, this government has tried, they've set up the Barbados Medical Licensing
0: Authority for cannabis. So they are trying to start the process of issuing licenses and whatnot. The problem with weed licenses in Barbados, as is all over the world, is that they're very, very expensive. Like I believe the starting the starting uh, application fee for a growing license in Barbados is 50,000 US dollars. So who is gonna be able to get those kind of licenses? It's not gonna be the people that were typically oppressed by marijuana laws in the past. It's gonna be big international growers. We have international um, marijuana companies, cannabis companies that come into Barbados. They survey farms and farmland all the time to set up grow operations. But what about the cannabis farmers that we have right here at home who have been disenfranchised for so long and now that the laws are finally turning in their favor, they might be sidelined from the very own industry that they uh, are passionate about from the beginning of time and that they their brothers and sisters might have been arrested, put in jail for from the beginning of time. So in terms of the actual um, laws, Barbados has decriminalized weed And I believe you can carry up to 14 grams, half an ounce at a time without carrying a criminal penalty. It'll just be like a ticket, like a speeding ticket. So Mm -hmm. from that point of view, it's amazing. It's going to reduce the amount of police hours that are spent on frivolous, like non-violent weed offences. It's going to reduce the amount of people incarcerated that taxpayers are going to have to pay for, for non-violent drug offences. So those are all very positive steps. The only thing I would like to see is um, more inclusivity around how these licenses going forward are awarded and i'd like to see some laws that kind of stamp out the monopoly or oligopoly aspects of marijuana growing let's say there's a law implemented that you can only ever have a cannabis farm at least for like the first couple of years let's say i'm up until 2025 i would love a law that's something along the lines of You can only be granted a permit to grow on up to two acres or three acres at a time so that then all the small farmers would be able to participate in the economy instead of just one farmer buying, you know, a permit for 100 acres. And then he using those economies of scale to make his weed cheaper and more affordable than everybody else's. So it's just about a way to get the average Bayesian citizen participating in the new industry that I would be most concerned about, because it's all well and good to legalize and rush into all of these dispensaries and grow for anything. But who's the one profiting? Is it just going to be American companies who come in, grow the weed, um, sell a little bit in Barbados and export the rest to America for super cheap? Or is it going to actually be locals? who need the revenue, who need that source of income, who need that employment that's not just minimum wage, manual employment in the dispensaries and on the fields. are they really going to be able to reap the benefits? Sure. That's the okay. biggest thing.
1: Now, you asked the right questions, really, actually, and you're asking the right questions. How would you advise the, the growers or the, the advocates in Barbados currently to actually either mobilize or some sort of avenue that they can take um so that these things are mitigated as best as um, possible Mm, well that's the that's the burning question you just have to keep as much noise as possible
0: you have to get into as many meetings with the minister of culture the minister of agriculture the chairman of the licensing authority for cannabis and you just need to be airing these concerns that i'm here airing right now you just need to be able to be advocating for the exactly the same groups that I'm here saying. So it's basically getting mm-hmm. into the ears of the people who are actually going to be writing these laws and writing this legislation and writing this policy. Because if not, they'll just go along with the narrative that best fits them. The biggest businesses in Barbados and the biggest cannabis in this, uh, businesses around the world are going to try their best to lobby for the fact that they want to make it a, no- a monopoly when it really does come into fruition. So we just need mm-hmm. to like talk to the media about it. And then talk to the ministers and government and just make sure that before the legislation is officially written, that it is all inclusive for everybody.
1: The, the fact that you're 25 and you're pushing such a, a movement or such a vision for, for your community and for your nation, it's really admirable. And um, this is also what we try to do or one person still actually become inspired by as well. And whatever avenue that you are being an advocate in. You need to be confident with it. You need to speak out on it. Um, have the conversations, do the protests. The you have to, as you said, make noise. Yeah, you have and to different ways to actually make noise. Um, not necessarily just, you just while have a, a purpose, have a plan, have a, a vision that what you as well as the other community members, um, would would want. And in terms of of Barbados, or, or even across the region, I know that you you travel. I'm like, what well, what has been your experiences? Um traveling through the region or in the diaspora, um, talking to persons, not just about um probably talking about the cannabis movement there, but just generally in terms of youth, youth development or um, the social development aspect of there? Um, Well, we could keep it on weed to start with.
0: Um, All over the Caribbean, I really am happy uh, with the progress that we've made. I don't know the statistics directly, but I would say the majority of the Caribbean countries have moved to at least decriminalize it for now. I know they have places like I believe in St. Kitts, it's fully legal. Trinidad, is Trinidad fully legal too?
1: Trinidad, we, we are not fully, fully, as yet Right now we're waiting on the president to sign off on some bills that have been passed already though. Um, but right now we're still at the decriminalized stage but no industry is not in set setup yeah
0: so i mean that that's a great these are great forward momentum steps like i started smoking marijuana about 10 years ago and at that point in time the caribbean and Caricom on the whole was nowhere near legalization decriminalization or anything like that so in our relatively short Lifespan so far, I would say marijuana has made leaps and bounds, and it's only going to continue to make it more and more leaps and bounds. So, I would say before 2030, I can see a Caribbean in which it's recreationally legal pretty much everywhere. But it's just what Mm -hmm. does that look like, as we were discussing before? Is that, are we buying our weed from the local farmers down the road, or is there a gigantic dispensary that has the monopoly? And are they taking those profits from cannabis back to America and Canada? And it's not really benefiting our society. So that's the biggest mm-hmm. questions that we need to be asking. And then surrounding overall, you know, youth empowerment, youth leadership, youth activism. I have been able to connect with a few people around the region who are like-minded and a few people around the world that are like-minded in terms of, I've met quite a few climate change activists. I've met quite a few weed activists like yourself. Uh, shout out to Blunt in Barbados. And uh um, Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Blunt all the time. And yeah, I really am impressed again with the with the young people's, you know, their their courage and their foresight to really talk about issues that are that are important to them. They have, I've even met some people that are very passionate about the gay rights movement and about trans rights, the LGBT community on a whole. And I think, yeah, whatever you're passionate about all oppressed groups of people have share that in common that they are oppressed and you should really just continue to fight and and um, keep fighting to the bitter end for what you stand for. So whether whether it's marijuana, whether it's politics, whether it's whatever, I really do think that we need to be use the tools at our disposal. It has never been as easy as it is right now to make your voice heard around the world. Either of us can so if you record a video post it on on the internet whether that be facebook twitter instagram wherever and it has the opportunity to be seen by a billion people like when on earth in the human civilization has that been possible before so i mean when it, if you're if you believe in something and you believe it to your core and you want to see it to fruition as badly as you want to breathe it's easy to do it you just got to keep consistent um, in your case, you know, keep bringing out more and more weed content. Try and make talking about weed as little a taboo as possible, which you're doing a great job of, and uh, it's going to encourage other people to to speak out because other people, it's only crazy until someone does it for the very first time. You know what I mean?
1: That's true. Man. Like That's back true, in the day,
0: think about a Caribbean weed podcast ten years ago. That would have been very very taboo, and now it's very welcomed. You know what I mean? So the 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 advancements that we're making in human history are happening faster and faster. So we just need to stay, just stay up to date, stay relevant and just stay consistent with your messaging.
1: Nah, that's facts. That's facts, man. And I, yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. I couldn't say it better myself. Let's get into something, some thought provoking questions. So if you were to actually put forward two laws right now that will assist the cannabis, um industry in Barbados or oh, just generally just generally what what are two laws that you you must you must have within that that bill you are drafting a bill what are two laws you must must have um number one would be the suggestion i made earlier until mm-hmm. i would
0: let, let's say the bill is going to be signed into law and fully legal in Barbados tomorrow so it, it would happen in 2022 i would say until at least 2026 our growing permits should not be issued for more than two acres so that the average everyday Barbados weed grower would be able to compete with the largest of multinational corporations that comes in here because at the end of the day is two acres a lot of land sure it is a lot of land but at the end of the day it's still a reasonable um, compromise between big business and the smallest of farmers so that everyone can grow the same amount of weed and have the same amount of economies of scale and have the same amount of opportunity to sell said weed in Barbados. So that would definitely be my number one, number one law. Obviously, it's not legal recreationally yet. So the mm-hmm. second law would be to fully legalize it recreationally. Um, you're able to possess up to an ounce of weed on you, 28 grams. You're able to grow up to three marijuana plants in each residence in Barbados. And everybody who has been imprisoned at some point in time or is still currently in prison would have their record expunged once they were in possession of less than nine ounces for the crime they committed.
1: No, I respect that. It's very specific. It's very specific. Well,
0: we dropped in a bill, right? So the bill, the bill got to be specific.
1: <laughs> well yeah, facts, facts. I thought you'd have put in some some accounting measures. they have seen us how you have a um a finance background. In terms of in terms of finance though, like like what's your thoughts on, on the banking the banking process with, with cannabis? Because right now it's, it's very very difficult. It's very difficult to actually open up a legitimate bank account. Oh yeah, definitely. People. Even in the legal states in America where they have weed. Um, it's
0: almost impossible to open a bank account in certain circumstances. You have to, a lot of these places are using armored trucks to come to the dispensaries at the end of the day and collect their cash and go and store it in a secure location. Because the funny thing with America is that it can be legal per state, but still federally, which the overarching law, illegal. So that is very interesting. And I, we are definitely facing the same problem here in Barbados. One of my friends, Sebastian Hunt, who does a lot of cannabis research in Barbados. He made the great point that Barbados is seemingly to the international community making all of these strides and ad- advancements forward in terms of the cannabis industry. But still there can really be no um there can be no substantive investment in the industry in Barbados because you still can't open a bank account. It's still illegal to open a cannabis uh, a bank account for a specifically Weed selling business in Barbados. So until that kind of legislation, until the government work with the bank and everything to make sure that that can actually happen in real life, uh, I don't see there's going to be that much advancements in the industry to be honest. So That's like true. That's true. Mm, mm-hmm. right. So in the banking sector, there's still a long way to go before we can actually see out legal recreational weed with dispensaries that we've come to see in California, New York, and other places like that. But I mean, overall, the recreational cannabis legalization would be one of the single best things that they could do for the whole CARICOM economy, economy on a whole. You know what I mean? A uh, thing that I say to people when I'm talking about this topic the most is that in the Caribbean, tourism is the only industry in the Caribbean that we can compete on in the global state. So why on earth are we losing out on weed tourism? Why are we losing out on weed tourism to California, to Amsterdam? To all of these places where you can only go in the summertime and enjoy your weed. Like in Barbados and in Jamaica and in Trinidad, we could be having, you know, bottom breakfast. Yeah. We could be having, um. you could go out into what used to be the sugar sugarcane fields that are now weed fields. And a nice farmer in the raw local dialect could be given these foreigners. Um, a history of weed a history of local weed we could really be capitalizing on all these markets Barbados has the food wine and rum festival going on why isn't it the weed wine and food festival these are pertinent be questions that we really need to be addressing on the national stage tourism accounts for almost 75 percent of Barbados's GDP why on earth are we not looking at alternate sources of tourism, mainly weed?
1: I know, I know in Jamaica, for sure, um, there are a lot of actual businesses or villas, um, hotels that actually cater to that. But as I said, we definitely need to not just li- um, limit it to Jamaica, but also expand it to the rest of the region. Because again, here is probably the number one spot that person's come to tourism year round. We really and truly need to do better with regards to that. Done As we look, look into the rap, I mean, you've shared, shared a lot and given a lot of insight. I know that for sure you have inspired um, a lot of like-minded persons like yourself who are up and coming in their own fields and just want to, to share and want to educate and want to assist those around them. So we, li- we like to get some questions in to make our audience know our guests a little bit more. Like what's one of your, your go-to artists or your go-to genres of music that you always listen to? <laughs> Music man, I, I like to keep
0: it relatively Caribbean. Big up vibes Cartel the World Boss all the time. Three oh three, oh. Three.
1: respect man. really
0: World Boss. And then um on the more conscious side, I'm a big fan of Chronics, Junior Gong, mm-hmm. Protege. And then uh, I started listening in more recent years to a lot of rap as well. American rap, mostly the Atlanta artists like
1: Young Thug, Future, Ghana. You know? Yeah, I hear the, I hear Atlanta rap is actually like probably one like trending more so recently as well yeah definitely. I, i'm not really interrupt so i, 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 can, I can't i can say yeah no, i would say
0: little baby as well he's probably mm-hmm. the biggest artist in the world right the biggest rapper in the world right now i'm not sure if you heard but he got picked to do the super bowl i mean to do not the super bowl that's rihanna shout out rihanna Yeah. Rihanna. Yeah, rihanna, rihanna, rihanna <laughs> performing at the super bowl so i, I saw an uh, incredibly funny tweet it was like um Raising a child is so hard in these today's times that Rihanna gone back to singing. Now, <laughs> that, was good, that was a good one. But no, I was saying little Baby is actually performing the, the official World Cup song for the football wow. going on at the end of this year. So that really shows. Yeah, I don't think I wasn't like world cup so as a rapper never R- yeah never before. That's, Okay, that's interesting it's been Shakira and a lot of other people so uh mm. it's really good that the that the um African-American rappers are finally able to get in
1: to get in that sphere as well and lastly I can tell you one book that you believe has impacted you in your in your life like what what is that book Oh
0: God, it's not, it's definitely not just one. I'm a huge fan of reading. I think that um one of the deepest quotes that I've taken from my early adolescent years was somebody told me that the secrets to life are written are written in books. To find the secrets to life, you need to read as much as possible. So, in terms of personal relationships, personal development, I would say that how to win friends and influence people by um dale carnegie is by far the best book ever on that topic and um in terms of business money moves career progression the two books that i'll put out there are rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki and think and grow rich by napoleon hill which is my personal favorite of all time the title is a little bit misleading it does indeed teach you how to grow money rich but it's more so mindset, mindset rich than anything else. So it's teaching you how to become a master of your own mind. A lot of people don't even realize the person we spend the most time with on a daily basis is ourselves. A lot of people, you know, we talk to ourselves all day, every day. And a lot of that is negative talk. It's not always positive talk. So that mm-hmm. really gets you into your head, how to master your own subconscious I really make it work for you so those three books um cover almost the whole sphere of life think and grow rich how to win friends and influence people
1: rich dad poor dad you know that's i think that's that's like the perfect way to, to end off because it was it's fulfilling it get persons and a reflective a reflective mindset for them to actually say you know what let me pick up myself and better myself in whatever aspect of life that you want to better yourself in um. So if you yeah check out those books um I've I've read Richard Paul that myself, Think and Grow Rich I've I've read that as well and who doesn't like the Wool Boss vibe Scott I mean <laughs> the man has the name Will Boss for, for a reason so done my brother it has been a pleasure um chatting with you um before you do leave though um let the persons know where they could find you where they could support your. Your movement and where they can learn more about you. Oh yeah, definitely. So
0: I'm the biggest, the biggest platform I'm on at the moment is Instagram. So build up BIM. BIM is short for Barbados. b-a-m M. That is my community outreach page, uh, where we do a lot of giveaways. We've been able to partner with some of Barbados' bigger businesses. We've give away mattresses to homeless people. We've partnered with fast food restaurants to feed some youth. We've partnered with um, big financial companies to give away laptops and other back to school items. So, I mean, and we're only in a couple months in and by next year, towards the end of next year, I would love to see it as the biggest community empowerment organization in Barbados. I use the terminology build up BIM so that then we can go into other things. We can have a build up TNT. We can have a build up JA. We can have mm. like right now. I'm here in Brooklyn. Build up Brooklyn. You know what I mean. If I'm over in there, big I was in Brooklyn. somebody out in London, could be like build up Brixton. Brixton is a Caribbean community in London. You know what I mean. So I just want yeah. it to be a whole build up wherever you are type movement. I'm doing it here in Bim, but we need people all around the world, young people just like me and you, who are passionate about social change and uh, social mobility for people that look like us to really be the catalyst of this change and start these movements all over the world. Other than that, my personal IG is Caricom Don. I talk about a lot of politics and the same community outreach on that page. And then I have a smaller page as well, which I've
1: started to do a little comedy on called Real Don Data 246. So feel free to follow all three. Don, again, we will definitely link up Can wait until I'm in Barbados. So we bounce up in some parts of the region, you know, so both of us are you know, I was on your move, so yeah, man, until next time, my brother. You know, stay safe. Continue to meditate and educate where
0: you go, man. Yeah man. Hopefully we can link up in person one of these days, smoke a big one, and have a nice medi
1: Of course, man. Don't know. Thanks for listening
0: to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you don't miss out on any of the exciting news happening across the region. Until next time,
1: remember to meditate and educate.